Hey everybody, we're back. You got the ladies of She Too here today. Hey, twerk so basic. Okay. Okay, so much. <laughs> All right. So today we're just going to go over like how we handled undergrad, the ups and downs and coursework and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So of course we have fun, but we wanted to give people some nuggets to take away and hopefully some encouragement um, through that push. So I'm going to start the conversation. How did you all select classes? I prayed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely talked to my advisor um, because at the time they had like these sheets. This was before technology kicked in. So they had these sheets of classes to like help you finish through. Um, so I would meet up with her and say like, okay, I took this class. Like, what can I take next? Any prerequisites and all that stuff. So for me, I just did all gen eds because I was scared as shit about taking engineering. So I was like, oh, I'll just do gen eds first and then go from there. So that's how I did mine. I guess I would kind of say I did a balance. So um, my first two years, I did all gen eds. And then I was like, oh, shit, if I do all the gen eds, <laughs> then I'm going to be stuck in the end with all engineering courses. Mm-hmm. So I tried to balance it out by year three. Um, so then I did, like, a few engineering courses and a few gen eds. But then in the end, I still screwed myself. And I did, like, four semesters of straight engineering courses. Okay. Um, I would not recommend that to anybody. So start balancing from the beginning as you take your gen eds. And then I would say... As you get qualified to take engineering courses, then mix those in. And then I guess I would say align easier gen eds with harder courses. So if you do like four, like too hard, too easy, so that you have time to study and focus on the harder ones. Mm, Okay, well, first of all, y'all know I was in music first. So, and even then, I think they did the same thing where, like when we start out as freshmen, in the music school, they actually, you you meet your advisor, like, basically the first semester versus a lot of other majors I know, like, people didn't have, like, um, major advisors until, like, further along in the process. But, like, we had an advisor from the beginning. So they always <laughs> balanced our classes out. So I guess I kind of already had that mindset once I switched into engineering. Like, I had a balance of some gen eds that I was taking and then some engineering classes, but definitely – um, I took the lead from advisors, but I guess after a while, I always tried to like plan out my own courses. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got further along. So at that point I used to kind of go on a class schedule, like pick out stuff, like, you know, try to figure out like what classes I needed to take in sequences. Cause I think some people, I don't know if people really dive in and like understanding what classes y- you have. But, um, like, looking at the prereqs and stuff like that, I used to do all of that myself for a while because, I don't know, I just kind of felt like I fell off with my advisor. Like, we didn't have the same relationship that I had with, like, other advisors. So I kind of started relying on myself for that. But it's not too bad of a process. I mean, we all have our plan. We have the plan that we're supposed to be working on. So um, I felt like I had a little bit more control um, over, like, time of day that I was taking stuff and I would plan, like, semesters out in advance. But that's pretty much what I did. So since I guess you all did different things, well, we all did different things, what about failing courses? Oh, boy. I should have had wine before that. Oh, failing. Um, I hadn't failed a course until I got to differential equations, and that I was 
butt hurt as hell because like I used to be so good at math. And it was like I banged out algebra, I banged out calc one, two, and three. Oof. No issues. And then I got to Diffy Q and it was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I don't know. And the teacher Where was did a the hard numbers ass, go? Right. <laughs> it was like matrices and all of that. So when I failed that class, like I was crying, like bawling, like, oh my God, I can't be an engineer. Like, what am I gonna do? Um, and I actually had to retake that course uh, three times, Oof. or retake it twice. So I, in you total, I took it three times. You are a passionate individual. No, because I would have been like, girl, <laughs> maybe engineering not for me. <laughs> no, the second time I was bullshitting because I took it over the summer. Mm. So I was like, oh, I don't need class. Like I'm gonna just get some ice cream <laughs> and you know, like twerk with my friends on the river walk and be good. And then I got. <laughs> I got that D again. I was like, damn it. Like, I need, I know I can pass these classes. So, took it the third time, got a B, and it was okay. But it definitely hit me hard, like, failing at something that I thought I was, like, the most passionate about. Um, so, you know, it was definitely a learning curve. Yeah. Well, I will say, like, before I came into engineering, I did fail uh, advanced calculus. But so when I was studying music, I was still doing like a math minor because I kind of just didn't know what I was going to do with that. So I got to like math 5070 and I just it's like you got to have that like you got to prove things about numbers that we all already know is true. Like, oh, prove that two is an even number. And then you got to get into sets and all this other like higher level stuff. And that was the point where I was like, oh, OK, like I don't care about math that much. Like I don't care about the theory of math. Um, but then for some reason I took that class again. I don't know why. I failed both times and I was just like, okay, this is not the life for me. Mm -mm. Um, yet surprisingly that was like what brought me into engineering. Cause I was like, okay, well I don't want to go like the full math route. So like what else is there? So then once I was in engineering, yeah, I definitely failed. Like I took physics like three times. I don't want to talk about physics. Like, I, didn't, I didn't get to that hard. point. Yet, it was hard. It was hard. And honestly, the time I passed it was in the summer, but I just had to buckle down because I'm like, oh, it's just so hard. But then I feel like after a while, you kind of get used to the pain. Mm -hmm. But like the first one hurts really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I failed any class, I don't know if I ever told y'all my story about stats. So the teacher changed the syllabus like three times and I originally started off as, oh, it's just exams and it's going to be multiple choice. So I said, cool, I'm good at guessing. So even if I don't know what I'm doing, I'll be fine. First of all, she legitimately is good at guessing. I like know. she used to guess on homework. This is how I passed physics the first time. She really used to guess <laughs> all the answers. Like she would just multiply numbers together. And then she would pick one of the answers that was closest. And I would be, like, actually, like, got the book out, like, trying to <laughs> solve formulas. Mm -hmm. And then she had the right answer, and I got the wrong answer. So I could see why you thought that that was going to work. Because it has worked, to it be It worked clear. a long time, right? So um, then the second exam was you actually had to do all the work. And then it was, like, a partial credit thing. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the class was still failing. So then the teacher said, well, the final is going to be a combination. So I'm like, cool. I took it with some of my friends. And, you know, of course, we all got separated when we went into the exam. And I'm taking the exam, and I, like, looked at it. And, you know, you had that moment where you like, what the fuck is all this? I've never seen this before. So I'm sitting there. 
And now I'm getting emotional because oh I've God, never failed anything. So in the midst of the exam, the teacher is walking around asking questions, and he walks past me, and he's like, how, how is the exam? And I literally was like, fuck you, and I bust into tears <laughs> in the middle of the exam. And then he just walked away, and I think he walked away, like, because oh he didn't know how to take it, and it wasn't. Did you see, fuck me to my face, like, what am I supposed to Cause say? Because he deserved it. And then but... start crying, though, right. like. Do I be angry at you or do I console you? And right. they didn't teach me about this right. when they gave I'm a, me this I'm job. I'm just walk away. I'm just walk away. <laughs> so that was the first time I took sets, and that was the first time I ever filled the class in my life. And then I had this moment where it's like, okay, you cry that night, and then I was like, because you know they post the exam score, and I didn't even need the exam score to know that I filled the class. <laughs> but it was like, all right, I got over it, and I was like, okay, I got to change something next time. I guess I should actually try. And like read and see if I can figure it out. But that was the first time I failed. And then I had to learn in that moment, like, sometimes you fail. But when you fail, you make a plan and hopefully do better the next time. Hopefully. 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 I feel like the worst part of failing, though, no matter how many times it happened, it's like when you waiting for the grade to post on Pipeline. No, my heart be pounding. (laughs) You know that F is coming already, but you just wait until it just, like, posts. Like, those few days. You need the confirmation. It feels like a a cloud just over you, like that slow march. Every email that I would get, like, ping, your grade's been posted. (laughs) I would take a shot of Jack and then hit it. You still got to see it there, and then it's on your soul, and then you can move on. So Kayla said her uh, way to cope with failing was Jack. <laughs> um, I guess what was your way of coping? Um, probably similar, you know. It helps that there's a party life in college. Friends, I don't know, crying. Mm. And I don't like to admit that I cry, but, like, that's some pain. So No, I was I, crying my ass off. Like, I'll tell you <laughs> right now. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> just taking the bottle to the head like so okay. then groups versus alone what's the best way to get through classes I fucking hate conversing with people when i have to absolutely do it but if it's like hey we're in the same class let's work together then i'm okay with it but i'm awkward and people annoy me so because you can tell when people just trying to like be in your group <laughs> Cause they don't know what the fuck they doing, but you have a little more common sense than they hey, do. Hey, buddy, it's on your room for one y'all. of us, right. and I'm already that person. <laughs> this is oh, oh my god. But definitely, um, at Wayne State, there's this program called ESP, and for those who don't know, it's the Emerging Scholars Program. So they kind of coerce you into like working into groups to facilitate like better learning and all that. So that was okay because it was smaller groups, and you kind of learn about each other as you go, but. No, definitely when I got to, like, senior classes and all of that, I was like, I'm going to chill by myself. And if I fuck up, I fuck up. But, yeah, I like being alone. <laughs> I, I feel know. like I actually prefer being alone, but I, oh, it's so hard to do it by yourself. I think, like, we say, like, alone, but we have, like, friends that are also in engineering. So mm. I feel like, like, once I came into Nesby and, like, actually got to know people that I felt, like, really comfortable with, I feel like in those situations, like, you kind of band together. Mm-hmm. And you actually, like, start trying to take classes together. So, you know, you got, like, a support system. And somebody, like, help you through. So, I kind of prefer that approach. Um, e- even though I literally hate being in groups. Like, I hate everything about groups. And I usually don't know anybody in my classes. Yeah, so. that's why I was, like, I would rather just study by myself. Because 
when it was like my last two semesters in undergrad, it was just I was the only, you know, chocolate chip in the class and everybody else, you know, they're all the same ethnicity, whatever like that, and they're male. So it was kind of like, I'm not fucking with y'all. <laughs> I'm going to just do this by myself. So yeah. yeah, I guess I like the combination of both. Um, I like to be by myself, so I would do like homework by myself or study by myself. But then, like, once I got a group of friends that I was comfortable with, I started to, you know, at the end of the semester, okay, what are y'all taking next semester? So if we got put into group projects, then it's like, good. Mm -hmm. At least I like 60% of my group. Or I know how they work already, and I'm familiar with them, so mm -hmm. I can know what to expect versus going into it blindly. So it's yeah. like, if you could yeah. saturate the class with people that you like. <laughs> First of all, she said she saturated her class. <laughs> yeah. Elena was handpicking people. You got to like, weigh the odds. for this class. You yes. I believe you. You weigh the odds in your favor. So if I have been in a couple of, of her classes, so I guess I was a part of the process. Yeah. yeah. You're a part of the saturation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. But I think that's crucial to, you know, get through because it's hard work. Like, when you don't know people and it's like, okay, I want to study because I may not be familiar on a topic, you have to first go in and prove, like, okay, I do have something to contribute. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, you got to make sure that they're not trying to just drag on you. So it's like when you know people, it makes it easier because you kind of know, you know, how they study, how they do things. And, you know, you don't have to every time go through that phase of getting to know people. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, we can skip that part and actually get down to the – work part yeah <sighs> i really hate that part the knowing getting to know somebody because it's only for like three four months so then i get pissed because it's like i'm just wasting my time it don't even matter because you get to know somebody for like a week and then that's not even who they are and then three months <laughs> down the line you true. doing the whole project by yourself true because they didn't disappear right true yeah so so i have a stat shit. for you in 2015, only 937 engineering degrees were awarded to black women. How did you find comfort in your field where you are a super minority? So in classes, how did you, like, deal with that? Me, I would sit in the front to the left. <laughs> like, I don't know why I picked that particular location. <laughs> but if, to oh me, if it was like... Because the right was wrong. No. I don't know. But it was like visually not seeing like the majority like helped me just to focus on what the professor was saying because other than that I'd be like oh my god I'm in this room with all these motherfuckers and they about to get like way more money than me and I just you know I just started going on that train of thought and it was very negative so I just started sitting in the front um, focusing and go from there so that somewhat gave me comfort um I sometimes still don't feel comfortable um thinking about like how I pretty much had to do it alone for like the time I graduated in but I mean you got to do what you got to do so yeah I was laughing because I'm like the that's exactly what I did like I found a <laughs> spot like I always sit right in the front mm -hmm. right in the middle so me and the professor like we got a relationship mm -hmm. but then I found like I don't know anybody in my classes and everybody knew who I was after a point like once you start getting into your major classes where it's like everybody's taking all the same classes mm -hmm. people like knew who I was and I really had like kind of cut myself off from the group I feel like which wasn't exactly a good thing but um yeah I felt like okay I'm just gonna focus on this like try to have a relationship with the professor and I felt like it was a benefit at times where you cannot like not know the only black girl you got in the class full of like 
<laughs> 75 <laughs> students. So I feel like all my professors actually remember me because I'm always there in the front trying to talk to them, trying to ask questions, like trying not to be that person in the class that just like, don't you hate when like a teacher asks a question? It's like nobody's going to answer oh when we all God. know the answer. So he's just going to sit here and stare at us and we're going to stare at him. And so one of us has to awkwardly go and answer the question like, thanks. Um, but I was that person. So, and I felt like I, I found comfort in that. Um, it's, I think other groups, like, like I said, once we joined, like once I joined Nesby and I had like other people that I felt like could understand that I could talk to and we kind of all was going through the same thing that helps. Like you need your event sessions. Mm. Um, and then I realized like everybody else already had their own groups. So that part helped a lot. So scary part, the myth. Y'all know what myth I'm talking about? I know, like five. Like, what you mean? Like, which? Do <laughs> so you go to college and you Ooh. graduate in four oh. years? Oh, okay. No, you <laughs> cannot graduate. No, you. No. <laughs> so I'd like to personally I, throw I, this out there first. <laughs> uh, I think I think it took me like six, maybe on paper actually seven, because I like I definitely bullshit it. I had like one paper I had to turn in at the end, but I was so like. Fuck it, I'm done. I don't walk. <laughs> and like my professor was like, so that paper. And like a whole year later, I was like, huh, take your funky ass paper. <laughs> and then they finally sent so me she my could degree. Get her real degree. I hate you. So but much. by this time I had already had a full time job. <laughs> I was working and traveling. I just never had the actual piece of paper. First of all, I've been in school since I was eighteen. Granted, I just took two years off. That still was a long time. And I still got one more year. So, I mean, and then I did, like, a whole another degree before <laughs> I started. Like, mm-hmm. I did three and a half years as a vocal performance major. So, I was, like, that idiot that was just, like, oh, I could do four more years. Because then I, I thought it was, like, four years, too. So, I was, like, oh, four more years. You were so naive. Obama. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not Obama. Not <laughs> I got so tired. Like, I got exhausted. And, I mean, granted, there was other stuff going on with school. But, like, after you do so many years, it gets exhausting. Like, just the whole thing about school. Like, I like learning and stuff. But then you kind of get over it after a while. Like, oh, you got to be – like, people, like, like they just, like, nitpick at every little thing. Like, oh, you didn't do this. Points off for this. Like, let's just – I came, I paid you to teach me, just teach me. Um, yeah, so I'm still working on my degree, so I you can't tell me it take four years. It took me six. And I was bullshitting. As usual. But <laughs> <laughs> um even with taking classes like over the summer, it still took me six and repeats and all of that. So I just I just take it in stride because I fucking finished. It's hanging up on my wall now it's after like a two marathon. years of having it. Okay. Like, <laughs> I was crawling across the finish line, but I did it. So I don't know. Like saying four years is it's very much a stretch. I think the important part in which they don't tell us a lot of times, the plan is four years, but when you look at the projected classes they give you a semester, oh my it's God. very unrealistic. It'll be like 21 credits of engineering classes. Like, who's going to pass that? Like, nobody can nobody. do that. Like, <laughs> no, no. I mean, but it's also set up to, and I think that's the thing that overwhelmed me because when I started school, now granted, yeah, I went to public school and I went to one of the better schools in Detroit, but I took 
AP Calc in high school and I took physics, but when you take your placement exam, I still had to go back to pre-cal. Mm-hmm. I still had to go back to mm-hmm. like beginning chemistry. I had to go back to physics yeah. one, but the curriculum is set for you to start at a certain level. Mm-hmm. So when they say four years, they mean four years from where the fuck they started <laughs> the <laughs> thought of the program in their head. Because yeah. you could have a whole, yeah, you could have a whole one, two years of prereqs to even get into some of the classes that you need that's like your freshman classes like I was lucky that I started out at calculus um because they did a good job of teaching it at my school and like you said it's the same thing where I'm like okay I went to a school of choice so at least we they were trying to prepare us as best they could but um, I, so I took the placement test and I got into calculus and that was a good thing because I started from there but that still don't count all the times I took physics all the times I took, uh, oh, I still got like, I still got to retake certain classes, so I'm not going to think about it. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's too, the important thing is knowing yourself and how you best balance. Um, I remember, and I love my advisor dearly, but like one semester she was like, oh, you can take, you know, Calc 2 and chemistry Mm-mm. and like English. First of all, this English syllabus say you got to write a 20 page paper. <laughs> Then on top of it, I got to take Calc 2, and I was an ESP, so you can't miss days. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a quiz or exam every Friday. You got all that You got homework. homework. You, you got workshops. And then on top of it, you want me to take chemistry, and I know I am trash at science. I'm, oh, my God. I'm trash at chemistry because it's like, oh, it's these electrons in the cloud. <laughs> just float around but we don't really know where they at but they there so so figure that shit out and I, I fucking hated chemistry like, that was me oh with physics God. I'm just thinking like, every, no multiply everything by gravity when you don't know the answer but then that's the thing when you was doing that it just discouraged me because I was like I'm really trying to learn it right now like I feel like so many of my classes I failed because I was just trying to learn and people was cheating we we not I'm just okay, saying. yeah, people ain't shit. <laughs> people, people be cheating, too. Oh, my too. God. Like, but I that's was all, trying. It's completely off the subject. Right. Man. But that's the, the real truth. Yeah. That is true. That I guess that's kind of, like, another conversation or topic is, like, it can be discouraging when you're actually trying to learn and then everyone around you is cheating. Try not to be a hoe and actually do the work. <laughs> and then the class is curved, so it's like, I'm right. actually trying to learn. And everybody around me is, you know, on cell phones. They done tucked answers in their shirt. And, <laughs> you know, now they get B's on exams. And I got, you know, C's and D's. But, like, my C and D is legit. And they B is the answer key. Faux pas. Right. <laughs> so, like, that could be discouraging. Mm-hmm. I had so, a whole class like that. When yeah. I took stats, that uh, happened to me. And he tried to fail me. He tried to give me, like, one slight grade lower than I was supposed to get. And I said, excuse me, sir, we both know that everybody in that class was failing and cheating because you gave us all the answers to the exams. And I legitimately got my grade. (laughs) That's what you got to tell them. So, like, how do you keep going for, like, an extended period of time, especially when you have friends? Like, I have friends, and they're like, oh, like, yeah. Or even for me and Jessica, we had sores that are like, oh, yeah, I went to school for communications and I'm in and out of four years, and we, like, looking at you, like... They looking at I us, like... I still got a whole lifetime <laughs> Dark. So, why I was... I think I was in, like, my fifth year of engineering, and I knew this girl from high school, and she was walking around, and she was like, oh, hey, you know, 
you're still here? Wow, what are you studying? <laughs> and I was like, oh, engineering, whatever. And she was like, oh, that's why you're still here. I'm like, damn, I did ask for all this pity and shit. Like, <laughs> the fuck? And then definitely, like, so I graduated from high school in 2010. So come around, like, 2014, it's just all these photos on Facebook. Those, those four-year like, <laughs> marks are painful. Like, all the gowns and everything. They're like, I did it with the fake diploma and shit. And I'm just <laughs> like, man, fuck all y'all. But it's like, just, just knowing I'll get to that point eventually. And I did pick a hard-ass degree. So just keeping that in perspective. Like, not saying, like degrees don't matter like depending on the time it takes you to finish them but it's like it's science is hard as fuck like I don't know <laughs> another way to say it so and then just having friends around now were still going through the same struggles as I was so it helped a little bit it definitely pissed me off still don't get me <laughs> wrong but it was just motivation like you know once I do finish I'm fucking done and I'm about to eat whatever I want to eat and keep it pushing so I think for me, um, I give all my friends, even though everybody thinks I'm rude, I do give them <laughs> this, like, it's a pep speech, but I always tell people, like, your journey is yours, and nobody can take your story away from you, mm-hmm. and it sounds so cheesy, but, like, it's legit, like, on the back end, when you look back, like, your story is unique, and you never know, I guess when you get to the other side, you can tell that to somebody else, and you never know how you're going to inspire them or affect them. So, like, I just kept telling myself that, like, you know, this is my journey, and when I finish, I finish, and, you know, everybody's kind of unique. Yeah, I would say it really helped to know that, like, it was not just me. <laughs> like, um, having other people who just not not necessarily everybody has the same story, but just, like, everybody has a story. and not You know, everybody goes through, through things, like, things happen, Um that helped a lot and after a while I did start to value my own story um especially now when I know I've done things so like (laughs) out of order and sometimes people look at me like I feel like people are looking at me like okay this girl is crazy like what is she doing like why can't you just be on this one path but I'm like I enjoy the fact that I veered off and I found that people are even more so inspired by that because you know, even if you you might think like, oh, this person went straight through, they got four years, whatever, whatever. But like when you look about think about life experiences and like the stuff that you get along the way, like everybody, sometimes people just got in and got out and they didn't take the time to like get to know anybody or like like people that I've met, like y'all are like my actual like friends and like we've known each other for years and stuff like that. And it's like if my story had been different, we would have never even crossed paths. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to see that other people value seeing that too. And, you know, other people aren't really judging you as much as you're judging yourself. So. So how do you, I guess I would say to work or to not work. Did you work while you were in school? Hell yeah. Like (laughs) I was Jamaican with it. Like I had like three jobs at once, I think for a year. Like, so I was working on campus, two different corporate jobs and just going to school at the same time, like doing like 14, 15 credits. Mm. So, but that that gave me motivation because at the time it was kind of like, if I wasn't doing more than one thing, then I would like lose focus, um, which is weird. But, um, you know, I'll be like, okay, I go to this one job, do whatever. I go to this class, do whatever. And then it just 
kind of gave me more energy in a sense because it was just so much coming at me, but I had the, um, the willpower to just handle it all and get money at the same time and get a check every week. Like, yes, bitch. So it, was, um, <laughs> it, it felt liberating in a sense. So did you work, I guess, did you work to work or did you work for like experience? Cause you said you worked on campus and then you had a corporate job too. So, um, it was both. So I worked on campus for the experience. Um, like Jessica was saying to like tell people my story because um, I was working for a uh, program called McNair Scholars where it's geared to getting um, first years or minority students um, into um, graduate school once they graduate. So just giving them the tools like, hey, this is what I did. Here's what you can do. You can do it. And giving them that motivation, um, kind of planting the seed in their head because most times, like, if no one's telling you about it, then you're not going to do it. So I was recruiting students that way. Um, and then doing the corporate jobs, it was getting technical experience. So when I would graduate, it would be like, okay, you know, I worked in the uh, military industry. Okay, I worked in the utilities industry. So just giving myself, like, um, like multiple facets, you know, just different perspectives of like what I wanted to do and what I've done already when I would apply to other jobs. Yeah, I definitely worked. I worked I've been working. I worked in high school and in college and uh I quit school to work so I could pay for school. So, I guess I don't know, in a sense, I wish I didn't have to work. Um that was a hard process, but I used I just balanced it by knowing that I needed stuff to buy at the end of the semester or like rent. I needed to pay <laughs> yeah, my rent. Yeah, like, rent. <laughs> you know, um, you know, you enjoy food. So. Yeah. I wanted to eat <laughs> and everything. So I would just get up, go to my job or whatever. So most of my jobs that I had earlier on, it was just to make some kind of money. And then further along, I started realizing like, oh, okay, maybe I could like do something that's relevant. And like, um, that's when I started getting, I started having like internships or whatever. Um, that kind of took me off into like going and getting into tech, but, and now like the whole point of me, like taking that break was because I needed to be able to pay for school myself. So now I just got a real full-time job. So I'm planning to go back in January and then that's going to be a new experience because this time it's like, at least with my old jobs, I knew like, okay, they know I'm a student and I work like 20 hours and now it's like okay, you got a real big girl job. Like, <laughs> you still got to go to work from 9 to 5. And, like, you know, I can't play around, I guess, as much. I got to be intentional. So I don't know how that's going to go yet. But I, I know I'm just going to push through it. But I'm glad, like, I know other people that are doing the same thing to get some advice because I don't want to, like, crash and burn in mm-hmm. that last year. Yeah, I'm going to say definitely when I was in school, um, like, my first job, I was, like, a TA. So it was like, you know, oh, I'm checking papers and I could tutor people in this algebra. But um, I wanted to build my resume. And I guess I would re- recommend that to anybody in undergrad. Like, get experience in your field. Because when you graduate, it's going to set you apart from, you know, other candidates that you were able to not only to juggle school and a job, but you have experience in areas. And then... It also gives you exposure. Like, I always say, I've learned from internships and co-ops what I don't want to do. 
Oh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah. go into an interview, and they're like, okay, well, how did you get here? Well, I tried this. I know I didn't like that. I worked here. I didn't like that either. So I'm giving this a try. And it's at least a way for me to be honest. Mm -hmm. So even if I haven't figured out exactly what I want to do, at least I know a long laundry list of things that I don't <laughs> want to do. Mm -hmm. um, but also, like Jessica, I had to work, you know, to pay rent. By the time I got to sophomore year, both of my parents was retired. So I couldn't really ask them for much, but like I knew I wanted to not stay at home or to have like the freedom. I mean, I didn't do much with that freedom, but, <laughs> <laughs> but at least, you know, I could kind of like do things the way I wanted to do it. So, you know, just working kind of did that, but also in a sense of Kayla, you know, having, I guess, a lot of things or juggling at least work and school was uh, important for me to learn about myself. So aside from work and school, social activities. What social, <laughs> <laughs> what social activities or, like, groups were you in? And then, like, do you think that contributed to, like, your success? Did it fill you in some areas? Like, did you feel like you was doing too much? Um, so I was in LSAMP, which is the Lewis Stokes Alliance for Minority Participation. So I started off just doing, like, freshman, sophomore stuff, like research to get acclimated to – you know, possibly being in the lab, like, once I graduated, and, like, we've been talking about, I figured out, I didn't like that shit, like, I didn't want to do research, because I'm more of a, oh, you already built it? Okay, let me fuck with it now, so, <laughs> um, but I did find out, because I was asked to be a mentor for other students, like, coming through the program, so I liked that aspect of it, um, because then it gave me time to figure out how to, you know, speak to people, like, see, like, their strengths and weaknesses, like, compared to each other. Um, I had, like, whole, like, workshop plans and all of that stuff. So that was cool. Also, like I said, I was part of McNair Scholars, so that taught me how to present in front of people. Like, when I was in high school, I fucking sucked at, <laughs> like, talking in front of people. Like, I would get the shakes in my voice and all that because I just hated crowds. Like, I could perform, you know, if I wasn't speaking, but, like, I would just get super nervous, so that helped me to get over that. Um, actually won awards hmm. and cash, so I was like, oh, I could do and this, cash. like, y'all. So <laughs> um, definitely gave me confidence, you know, um, voicing, like, my feelings and thoughts of things. Um, and finally, Nesby. So um, traveling, networking, because I, I used to hate networking. Like, I would be the one in the corner and they're like, Kayla, like, talk to me. I'm like, no, fuck that. <laughs> like, it's like, definitely just getting used to, like, just, just getting over the fact, like, okay, I don't know you, but I can still attempt, you know? And I've gotten a lot of different um, friendships. I've met a ton of different mentors. Like, just getting out of my own head. So, yeah, definitely I've, I've grown a lot from just being in those different groups. Mine is probably 50-50 because um, in the middle of college, there was this one semester. <laughs> it was spring of 2011. Oh, she didn't know the year. And the, okay. black, <laughs> the black Greek life was abundant. Like, literally every school had a line. Everybody at every school had a line. It was so many of us, and we partied all summer. 
And I was, like, taking summer classes, so I probably shouldn't have been partying. But it was fun. So in that aspect, at times, socializing has gotten me into trouble. But for the most part, like you said, like, joining different groups, like, I think one of the first ones I got involved with really was, like, the Black Student Union. Mm. And, like, I be um I was really, like, into that. And I was like, oh, okay. That's like kind of like why, but by the time I got to Nesby, I was like, oh, I'm just going to re- apply to the leader, to the regional board. Cause I was like, I had already been doing like leadership on campus and stuff like that. Um, aside from the fact that I partied very hard as a Neo, but like when I joined um, Alpha Kappa Alpha, like that was like, okay, they got, they got me together. I'm not going <laughs> to lie <laughs> because I was a little rough coming in. So, you know, they definitely helped me like, kind of like, polish myself up in a lot of aspects and start to I don't know um having like some older women to look up to I think like helps because I'm the oldest so I always felt like I know that I want my siblings to see me as an example but it was nice to like have other people that I look to as example as an example and like try to model myself from so that kind of had me a lot more focused um and at times I knew that there was people who would, like, check on me and my progress. So I felt like I got to keep myself up and keep myself Just together <laughs> as opposed to, you know, like, like my mom wasn't going to call me and check my grades and be like, oh, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. she was going to let me do my thing. So you you could kind of get away with a lot more in college if you don't have anybody, like, paying attention to you. So it was good to have, like, people on the campus that knew, like, okay, yeah get yourself together Mm -hmm. like do what you got to do so um those groups helped for sure oh i would say the same (laughs) i did a combination of both (laughs) jessica's and kayla's um activities so um you know it helped i guess me to be able i guess the really like to be able to speak on the spot or improvise when needed um nesby for a lot of like leadership um opportunities so you know, helping me discover skills I didn't know I had. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that I was passionate about logistics until I was a conference chair. And I was able to, you know, manage a, you know, $50,000 conference and then found out, like, okay, I like order. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, things like that. It was just another opportunity to learn that you had a skill that you probably would have never realized mm-hmm. unless you fell into that type of job. Because I feel like classes don't really reflect what they mean in the real world. Classes yeah. don't do shit. <laughs> they no. just, you learn the theory or whatever the professor wants you to learn. You spit it back out on a piece of paper. You get your grade and you keep it going. I That's hate when it. somebody asks me if I know about cars. Like, I'm like, I should know more about cars than I do, but. I work with cars and I still don't know. <laughs> like, I just be winking. Like, the classes, <laughs> yeah, the classes could be a little better about actually giving us real experience. Mm-hmm. So how do you create balance between, like, social activities and groups in your coursework? Do not disturb is your friend. Like I have a, I'm to the point now where I guess because I'm older, certain things I just feel like is unnecessary. So like it's a point in time where like people could just ping me and like text me. I sound old for saying ping. Um, Like people (laughs) can text you or whatever, just at any given time. And you'd be so busy and quick to like respond that whatever you're doing at the time doesn't get, you know, your attention all the way down to like being in class. And like you texting when you're supposed to be listening to the professor. And now, you know, that's something you're not going to know for the exam. So I feel like 
Um, I try to like have boundaries um, and just know like I'm not always going to respond, you know, super fast. Not because I'm trying to be rude, but just because I try to stay focused on what I'm doing at the point in time. So um, just having boundaries like that, I feel like helps to like because I would just I would be that kid that's like, oh, I'm trying to study. But then my friends like, oh, girl, but, you know, we about to hit this party. They didn't really say that, but they was trying to get me to go to a party. And then I was like, if I wouldn't answer my phone, I wouldn't be getting tempted right now. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know I don't have self-control. So I just try to give myself those kind of boundaries um, and just, you know, focus. Yeah, definitely time block. So with groups, I would be like, okay, like you guys had me for three hours, whatever. We're going to study, do this project, whatever, and then I got to go. So and then in group activities, it was like I wouldn't think about school or anything like that. I would be like, just enjoy (laughs) Mm -hmm. this fun time while you can. And then once it's over with, you get back to it. So definitely, like Jessica said, I have Do Not Disturb. Like, it kicks on at 9.30 p.m. And I have it on my phone, too, where the screen dims. Like, it goes into the ambient light. So I'm not staying in my bed, like, scrolling or thinking about work or school, whatever, Nesby, whatever I need to do. It's just like, okay, you've done what you could do for the day. Just relax and be cool. (laughs) So... (laughs) That's definitely helped me. So, yeah, and you can see my calendar. It's just little blocks, <laughs> like, for every day. But that's just what helps me in terms of keeping fun and work, like, within boundaries. I think this is where the perception of me being mean came from. And it's just because I like to clearly state my boundaries in the beginning mm-hmm. because I don't want anybody to be confused later on. So I'm that person I'll tell your friend I'm not going to do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when people are like, okay, yeah, we going to, like, and my friends have to learn, oh, we going to study at 10 o'clock. Not me. No, <laughs> no I won't no. be there. Um, so you can <laughs> catch me earlier because after that time, I know I'm not going to do it. I'm going to clock out or I have something else to do or I just don't want to do it. Yeah. And I feel a lot of times, like, as women, we we don't like to say no to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess my sisters and especially like people in my family have trained me younger like if you're not comfortable with something then say something if you don't want to do it then don't do it you know so I think just stating your boundaries and understanding yourself is like key to that um and just like Kayla said like time blocking like I live by a Google Calendar. Yes. Yes. If it's not on my Amen. calendar, that <laughs> if means it's I'm not, not supposed to do it. Okay. I literally will think about it five months later. Like, oh shit, remember that one thing I was supposed to do that day? Damn. Oh no, I'm petty. I remember it. I'm just not going to do it. Like, cause it's like I didn't get a confirmation. Uh, I she didn't like get send event. me a calendar <laughs> invite. If no. I don't, nope. If I don't see if it, it's I ain't not doing on the shit. calendar, it's not happening. I, no. I event like. Send invites for everything, like reminders. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm going on a trip next week, and I literally listed. Okay, at this day, I want to ha- have lunch here, or I want to do this, I want to do that, and I just put it on there so people know. Like, don't call me <laughs> because it's already something on my calendar. If you call me, I'm like more than likely not gonna answer. I'm gonna answer and tell you that I'm busy, even if it's something that's quote unquote important to you. I definitely live by, uh, what is it, like. Your lack of care is not my emergency. <laughs> so I never heard that, but okay. 
It sounds good though. I just <laughs> never. It sounds good though. You know, you never had somebody that's like they wait until the last minute for something, and now they're like, you know, blowing up your phone and blowing. I need it now, and it's like, you should have asked me a week ago. <laughs> you, you knew today was coming. <laughs> oh well, I ain't got nothing for you. No, I ain't got shit. <laughs> oh god. Okay, so, uh, how do you think we as a society or personally can improve the undergrad experience for incoming Black women engineering? bundle us together off rip <laughs> like i know they say like oh you guys are young adults now like you should you know freely go and talk to people it's okay <laughs> but you it, it's scary as fuck like when you first get on campus and especially if you've been to you know detroit public high schools or whatever and it was just all y'all you know melanated as hell and then you get to this huge campus you don't know where to go you don't know like who to talk to because you're now the minority it's very frightening. Like, I remember when I first got to my chemistry class, and it was freshman year, and I sat in this room, the biggest room i ever been in for a class, and it was like, oh, shit. Like, I don't know who to talk to. I don't know what's going on, and I panicked. Like, literally had a panic attack, um, but had to, like, keep it down because it's like I know it's just me in here right now. So definitely, um, and I know they're going to, try to make it seem like oh well we don't want to just focus on race or like gender and blah blah but you need to because that's what helps keep people motivated like people that they know so especially if they're doing engineering like I knew a ton of people like we were all pre-first years we got to freshman year by sophomore year it was like maybe 22 of us by sophomore year it was like maybe 13 12 of us still in engineering and it was only in the second year. So, and and that was just from us knowing each other <laughs> from mm-hmm. the jump. So imagine those numbers when you go in there blind, you know. So to me, it's just, you know, having that awareness. Um, black orgs just immediately being there the first day, like, hey, we're here for you. Come. Better yet, we going to snatch your ass and take you <laughs> with us so that we can, like, help you grow and maintain as you get through it. Yeah, I think being intentional about like what you were saying, like putting, showing, show, like show me places or somewhere that I can go to like find that support because you definitely need the support. Like everybody going through an engineering program like needs support and mm-hmm. people find it in their own ways, but it's harder when you don't necessarily find people that you feel like you can identify with. Um, and like I liked when we would do stuff like with Nesby or any of the other student orgs that were in the College of Engineering, like go and talk to like the basic engineering classes and like do a presentation and, you know, let people know what organizations. But also like for me, I felt like I always was like once you got older, you start to like find people and like kind of snatch them up and be like, oh, hey, have you been to a Nesby meeting? Like what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. who are you? You know? Um, I think students end up helping in that respect, even though it's not it's not the most streamlined way of doing it. But older students um, help and keep an eye out as well, because a lot of times like people, it's just like hundreds of kids come all in at the same time. And like they all get dumped into these classes and, you know, nobody's necessarily keeping track of individuals. So it's good for us that are older to take the initiative to like try to reach out because you know how hard it is the first the first couple of years to just like talk to strangers i guess i would say my two pieces that i think would help is um 
first showing people what the finish line is. Mm -hmm. So, like, what can you do after you get a degree? Like, I mean, where we are and I guess regionally, it's like we're pushing to manufacturing. But, like, that's not the only option. Like, I know, you know, engineers that, you know, like, they now they work at HR. They may have their own company. They may do audio engineering. They may do all these other things that they learned and picked up along the way, but they aren't pushed into a certain area, like showing them, I guess there's opportunity and kind of like what they can do with their skill set. And I think, uh, I guess the other thing uh, to help, I guess, increase the number of... Uh, Culture responsible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you don't have to do that. <laughs> no, uh, to increase the number of uh, black uh, women engineering, I think is exposing them before college yeah. and letting them know it's an option. Like, mm-hmm. giving them the option? I was going to say, like, can we get the option? When I was in high school and I told my friends I want to be an engineer, they thought I was going to drive train. <laughs> and I'm like, how, how that's a conductor. They- <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not even an engineer. Like, what are you talking about? Um, no. But, like, I spent so much time my junior year and freshman, I mean, junior year and senior year of high school, like, explaining what an engineer was because people didn't know you know you see a nurse when you go to the doctor or you see a teacher so we're grown to do that or like there's like an influx of social workers and there's nothing wrong with it but it's like hey giving people the option and letting you know hey this career exists and it's something you can do and I guess being honest and letting them know like yes it's going to be hard um at times you're going to fail like you're going to fail. <laughs> um, but, like, it is something that you can accomplish. Um, but just kind of, I guess I'm the type of person, like, tell me and let me brace myself versus let me go in blindly and something yeah. happens. Yeah, no, I went to my high school, like, in March of this year. And I was like, hey, I'm an engineer. Like, I'm an electrical engineer. I do audio. So I do these headphones and all that stuff and, like, car systems. And they were like, oh, you know. And I was like, you know, I was in your seat, you know, a few years ago. But, you know, like, here's my card if you have questions or anything like that. Because to me, it was important. And, like, I, I was just thinking, like, I wish an engineer had come in mm-hmm. to, you know, speak to me. Like, of course, I knew engineers already because they're in my family. But actually seeing someone take that initiative, you know, to speak to some raggedy, you know, 17, 18-year-olds, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I've definitely been more intentional with how I speak to, you know, younger students. And like, I, ain't, I ain't bullshit. I was like, this is hard, but it's very rewarding, like, once you do get through it. So, so last call. Last piece of advice, if you're going to give one piece of advice to hmm, you oh, as man. a freshman. <laughs> Ice, not stirred. <laughs> 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 I was I would say that um, don't expect to be perfect immediately because I was definitely a fool, like, coming out of high school. Like, oh, yeah, I had, like, a three-point, you know, four or five. You know, I was taking all these AP honors courses. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm the shit. This going to be a breeze. <laughs> and it's like. Fail. No. Exactly. <laughs> but definitely knowing how I am, being a perfectionist, feeling like failure is just death um I would have told myself like hey you're going to fail and it's okay you're going to grow from it and just take that in stride and like we've been saying it's part of your story and your story is amazing it's shit right now but it's going to be amazing (laughs) 
<laughs> once it's all said and done. So you can do it. You think it's still thinking? Dang, still I'm thinking. thinking. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, I feel like I would have told myself, like, to trust my own judgment. Um, I think it took me a while to realize that I should, like, change my major. And I don't believe I ever thought it was going to work out from the beginning. Like, I love singing, but I hate practice. Like, I literally hated practicing. And as a performer, like, you practice your whole life. And you get, like, that one performance out of all those hours. And I was really bullshitting for, like, three years. I was getting through my classes and stuff and, like, performing my music. But I really wasn't passionate about it. But I felt like so much judgment was going to come to me for like switching my path which then I just ended up doing it anyway but I felt like it wasn't until I kind of got the confidence to like make my own decision about what I wanted to do um so I wish I would have been like just trusted myself a little bit more to like go out and seek out more options because I never knew what things were available to me um but then kind of once I got into the university I felt like oh I just got to stick with what I'm on like I can't like I didn't see I didn't. I felt like I'll be judged for like kind of deviating. So, yeah, I would definitely trust myself more and like try to find something that you enjoy because <laughs> it's very important that you enjoy what you do. I think every, all of us that are engineers, like we like the challenge. We like you know working through problems and trying to solve things. Like that's what you know. That's what we enjoy. So, um, it was clear to me that I wasn't getting that out of what I was doing. And so then eventually I went to seek it out. I guess my piece of advice, it wasn't necessarily academic, but um, I guess don't be afraid to try leadership. I never really tried to be a leader. I kind of fell into it. And then when I fell into it, it was like, oh, I'm kind of good at this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I got some good ideas. I could really fix stuff. So I think I would, uh, I guess it took a while for me to kind of be, I guess more comfortable and realize, and I, it's still something I work on today, and that's like a whole nother episode, but you just tell myself, like, you actually have something to say, yeah. so, you know, say it, because people will probably listen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it for episode two, and we hope you learned something new from it. Um, as always, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to check us out on social media, or if you want, uh, to hear something about a certain topic, feel free to email us at she2toostem at gmail.com. Peace. Bye. Bye-bye.